everyone. What's good? Welcome to the show, Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. We have the one and only Faluka joining me here on the show here tonight, all the way from. Are you back in Cairo right now, or are you in New York? I'm back in New York. You're back yes. in New York, yeah. Because I remember I was saw in one another interviews that you were doing an interview at 3 a.m. So I was like, I hope she's not back home because no, yeah, no. I was in the Middle East for like the past few weeks, but I managed to get in right before Christmas, and yeah, kicking off 2023 in this city. Let's go. <laughs> now, how's the energy feeling flowing into 2023 now that you just dropped the brand new project in the Love Serum? Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I feel really blessed to be creating and just like having no just restraints on like how I create and what I really create for. So I feel, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to just like launch further in my bag in 2023. Mm-hmm. Two standout tracks for me, Neighborhood and Give It Up. Those were the top two for me on the project. Yeah. Give It Up. It reminded me a lot of Sade. It gave me that Sade vibe. Oh, I love to hear that. Sade is a huge inspiration for me. I feel like just like that enigmatic, you know, divine feminine energy in soul music transcends to hip hop, transcends to all kinds of different genres that I love. And yeah, she's a queen. I'm glad that you heard that. One of the top, when I listen to your, just when I go down your discography and I think an artist that if I were to put all together, that makes who you are. Of course, you're your own person, but three sounds that I call Erica Badu, Sade, and a tribe called Quest. Just by oh, the beat and the production. Fire. Yo, that makes me so happy to hear. These are all like major influences for me, definitely. I think Badu's just like been appointed unofficially my mentor. So like one day she'll find out, but like definitely it's in in the mix. (laughs) Speaking of legendary mentors and people that you've come across your time in the industry, I wanted to make this a big point in the interview tonight is the fact that when you were out in LA, you got the chance to meet Raphael Sadiq. So tell me a little bit how you were able to come across him and the legendary Tony, Tony, Tony. And I know he told you the main thing as an underground artist is to just stay active, but how did you end up meeting up with him? So he went to school, actually, he was in college with one of my cousins. And when I told her I I wanted to do music and like I showed her just a few, I had like a mixtape out and I was like, this is kind of like what I'm trying to do engineering quality like let's not even talk about it recording quality let's not talk about it but like the substance was there which I feel like is the whole point I feel like so you know and that's the difference between like artists really create like because they have something they want to share that's like this really special pure thing inside and like it's less about how um yeah just like at the time too this was like 2018 there was less of a focus on like okay well how good does it sound like the mix could be crap but the song is fire and she really liked it. And she's a big fan of like, you know, Erica Badu, School of Thought, Tribe, everyone you just mentioned, put me on to some of them too. And she was like, you know what? I need to introduce you to my friend, Ray. And I'm like, who is Ray? And I had to look him up, mind you. I did not know. And I'm like, damn, I'm so ashamed of that day because I did not know him. And like, just like everything he's worked on, wrote Cranes in the Sky with Solange, like so many beautiful things. And yeah, we had sushi together, like the, you know, just like the little family friends group. And he was just dropping these nuggets of wisdom on me all night that I just I'm, I cherish so much. He shared like one of my videos and I was just like, damn, like, I got to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> now, in that conversation, or could have been aside from that, what did he say about your music that made you that made you special in which he saw something in you? I mean, so at, at the dinner, he hadn't already like heard any of the music, but like just off of like the things I was saying. And I guess my general vibe, he was he looked at my cousin, he was like, she reminds me of Solange and I was like okay like I'll take that um definitely a huge inspiration as well but then when he heard the music and stuff like he he texted my cousin just being like this is pretty dope like please tell her to keep going and you know even if it is just like a small little like you know push that for like an underground artist means so much and so like to this day like you know I'm just I'm really blessed 
Absolutely. And we've seen how far that you were able to come across. Dream 23 was one of the main ones that blew up for you and made some noise for you as an independent artist. But getting into your early life and being in Cairo and Egypt, what was your introduction into learning about the, the hip hop history? Because I know that was a big reason why you chose to go out to New York, because it was the birthplace of hip hop. Right. It's funny because like I actually like stumbled into like fell into the rabbit hole making music in New York City. I thought I just wanted to be a poet. Like I was just like, okay, writing is my passion. Always been, you know, a creative writer, fiction, poetry, whatever it was. Used to write plays as a kid, like whatever it could be, just constructing a world that's always been a passion of mine. Come to New York. I'm at poetry readings. The energy is just off. Like there's no energy at a poetry. reading. It's just like I'm going to read this sonnet from when my dog died and it's like cool that's good that's a vulnerable you know piece of art to share but when I was out like you know just like walking in the street going in the store or whatever and I would hear just the ciphers just like you know people just literally just rapping in the street for no reason nobody could be filming even they're just having fun I'm like wow this is like some contagious energy and I just like it was like a light switch went on I'm like rhythm and poetry is rap I love both of these things when I combine them it's just the poetry over a beat and then obviously you're arranging you know songwriting and taking it to the next level but it was the city 100% that inspired all of this <laughs> the two artists I know you were listening to at that time because I did hear that you stumbled into rap was Nas is Stillmatic and Lauren Hill you were listening to a lot yeah. of those right there and that's basically what really drew you in at that point Mm -hmm. definitely no I mean like definitely east coast influence like I don't really believe in the whole east versus west because like I shouldn't even be talking about that I'm from the middle east I have nothing to do with, you, with that you know what I mean <laughs> but it's like there's something about just like hip-hop artists that did come out of the east coast like I can't deny um still Malik changed my life for sure no name at the time too and acid rap by chance were like on repeat when I was discovering like how you could toy with language to like make people really think about what's on your mind that's original and like make it really groovy so that people would just replay that and I feel like you could just change everybody's stream of consciousness and that's the power of hip-hop to me like I was like damn mm -hmm. but besides because I know you have family out in LA and you chose New York you know the city that never sleeps anywhere that you can make it if you can make it in New York you can make it anywhere pretty much yes. besides the hip-hop factor and going to Hunter College what was the reason you chose New York I feel like I just saw like the metropolis energy and it. it looked a lot like Cairo to me, like just from the off the energy of it. And I had heard of a few like, you know, friends of like just like my parents, friends, kids who like went out to New York and like were starting something for themselves. And just like we're saying that there's a lot of similarities in how chaotic it is, but how comfortable and like Cairo really is a city that never sleeps as well. So I remember moving here and feeling like no culture shock and just being like, damn, like everybody really is from somewhere else anyways. Everybody's speaking all these different languages everywhere I go. And it's really, really beautiful to see. And there's a huge like Arab community out here. So blend it right in. <laughs> exactly. New York is so diverse. And when we look at Cairo, was there a specific artist journey that may have done the same thing you have as come to the States and pursue a career in music and then eventually went back home that you looked at as inspiration? Um, I would say like we're on the cusp of a lot of artists who are now just like now beginning to like get the recognition for being like, you know, from like the Middle East and then also like trying to make it out in the West and blending that like being bilingual, being a bilingual artist is all pretty fresh, I would say, because a lot of people were just like pushing against it at first when I was doing it, when everybody was doing it. But um, I would say there's like a big crowd, like there's a big crowd in uh, in LA of like Arab artists who are like, you know, based in the West and doing like making their name out there, Masadi, Eliana, 
um, these are some Arab artists who are like really like owning the pop scene right now, and that's in LA, so it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. As far as being rooted about with LA because of your family, and then you already because you live in New York anyway. What, what were some of the things you think you could take away as an artist that you were able to put forth in your career by being out in LA? Because you got New York down. So what about the right. LA thing that you were able to Do add? I got New York down? I feel like this is such a huge city. And like every day I learn about like different producers I really want to lock in with, different venues that I haven't even heard that now I really want to play. And it's like so overwhelming sometimes. But like, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm getting there. I'm definitely doing what I can in 2023. That's I'm focusing on my zip code. Like that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> But um, LA is really exciting too. And like, I know a lot of industry people be out there. I know a lot of like, it like it reeks of opportunity for sure. But then I also believe opportunities everywhere you seek it. And like, I could be off the map by the Red Sea in Egypt and making some of the best music that I'll probably ever make. And like that could launch me into like connecting to people in a metropolis city, in a big music city, whatever it is. But yeah, everybody in the city, they don't think it's hot. Like believe that it's hot. <laughs> That's what I believe. <laughs> <laughs> the city that never sleeps you're in new york of course you can make it there you make it anywhere as i said before what was that moment for you as far as live performances go in new york city where you were recognized as being an artist that it truly is if you you can make it here you can make it anywhere i would say playing at baby's all right opening for diana lopez who is an artist i always really like admire and respect for like how she's um just adding so much sensitivity and consciousness to ambient brown girl fairy music like I couldn't even put a label on it really she just like speaks to my soul she really brings out the poet in me and I remember sending her a dm and just being like just off of like whatever it is just love like you know woman to woman I was like hey thank you for being you and like doing what you do and keeping your music and your your essence so pure a few months later she's like yo I saw your like New York base maybe Cairo base anyway do you want to open for me at the show and I was like damn this really how shit happens in New York like you never know, you know, how close we're all in like such close proximity to each other and energy just like, you know, bounces back. So that that was a crazy opportunity and we became really good friends. So aside from the show, I feel like just meeting other artists out here is really, really inspiring. And you're you're not afraid to really go out there and be yourself. That's something that I learned about, especially when, I mean, when you're speaking with Raphael Sadiq, there's not too many people you can be afraid to talk to at this point in the industry. So <laughs> what knowledge are you looking for from major public figures in the game that you wouldn't be afraid to ask for right now when you're going through your career because we're always trying to figure out the next step in our lives so if you were to get mm-hmm. into a room with someone like a Solange or a Sade or a Jay-Z what would you ask them oh that's such a good question really I feel like I gotta really ask myself questions because I feel like I learned like by the end of 2022 and hopefully this will carry on into 2023 is the more you drown out other external voices the more you can tap into your inner voice and if there's anything I know is that we're getting increasingly more stimulated, overwhelmed and over like inundated by media, social media, everything. And to get in a room with somebody with like a like-minded, just, you know, a visionary artist who really sees beyond that and is tapped into their inner voice. I would just ask like how they continue to do that because life gets continuously crazy. How do you keep going up the ladder and like still listening deep, deep inside to what kind of art really, you know, speaks to you? It's hard. And this relates to your song looking at me because with your whole perception, it's kind of ties into it because it's all about how others view you. And if that differentiates from how you view yourself. For sure. Yo, I love that track. Shout out Malik Polo is on the track. Um, it's great that you bring that up because like, I don't, I put out a project. And I'm like, this is the only one that exists now, but like, you're right. Like the older things also have substance. <laughs> <laughs> it grows with time. 
Absolutely. The uh, evolution is, is what I'm working towards. <laughs> yeah. No, you can definitely tell that with the discography as far as collective go, because I know you're inspired by ASAP mob. Have you sought definitely. out any other musicians? Cause I know that actually your brother actually helped compose your first project and he's also a musician as well. So have you thought mm -hmm. about seeking out a collective of your own right now in New York city, you put pieces of things together for a potential project? I like the sounds of that a lot. Like I worked on this latest project with, um, with label everybody knows who like a lot of the people from empire like now work with everybody knows um and they still distribute via empire so that was a very big you know like you know eye-opening learning experience getting to work with different people i think the main downfall was that they were based in the bay area and like i need to be just like you know being in new rooms like refreshing the energy in different studios and like tapping into new york scene so definitely want to like explore more collectives and people in new york city definitely if you got recommendations let me know <laughs> <laughs> yeah drop it in the comments everyone yeah. on instagram of course hunter college tell me how you thought about hunter college and why this was your choice to go to school for creative writing so i was actually at the new school first at eugene lang and it was just way too pricey for the education that i was getting when i learned that my professors were also like teaching at hunter um, they were part of the CUNY system as well. And they were like, yo, like, we're also teaching there. You get the same level of education and not be paying all these dollar bills to the president of the new school. And I was like, okay, that's what's up. Um, switched the game, met so many more down to earth people who don't have to wear Gucci to their 8 a.m. class and um, who are just keeping it real. So I met a lot of really cool people there. At that point, though, I was really tapped into just making music. So I could not tell you how classes were or what the library the library was like i was like class, <laughs> get out go record but yeah and at that point when you were a student in new york in college you considered that part-time because you're so invested into your artist your artist career for sure no i was and i begged my parents to let me drop out but like being the middle eastern like muslim parents they were they were like this music thing is a hobby like please just focus on getting a degree that you can then use to work in that field of degree i'm like even non-musicians hardly ever work in the field of like their major so don't i mean <laughs> but i did i finished <laughs> oh, congratulations on that and as far as making connections especially on the self-publication side because i did want to touch on your publications you published three of your own books were there any major connections there and getting some advice to be a self-publisher um, so that was like really inspired by my poetry class like i was a poetry major and my professor like connected us to people at Shakespeare and Co who then helped me like um, self-publish my my chapbook like that was my last chapbook the first two I just sought out my own like printing press publishing house and I was like hey published by me this is how I want the layout this is everything and we worked closely to just develop like do we publish what like 20 copies I went back and did another 20 and I sold them all in Cairo I don't have like I literally have one left of each and I think that's cool because like you know, they're out in their different homes now out in the world. And a lot of those poems made it into songs. So you have one, you have one, you don't, you you got the music. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And being that you're a poet of your own, have you even taken a look at reading one of Tupac's books? Because I know he has his own poetry book composed of his own poets. For sure. I mean, I'll dip into it online. Like definitely I've read, I've read a lot of his work um, just because out of curiosity, like where does this lyricism come from? But I definitely want to pick up a book of his um i would say i'm really like because like the literati side of me does not does not sleep and like i have to be reading up on my like rupee core nayara wahid rumi of course inspires so much of my thought process just living for love and like sufist writers especially who like 
put a compassionate twist on Islam. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> have you thought about reaching out to some of your favorite poets that have inspired you at all to even do a open reading monologue on one of your projects at all? I, I think know you're that's a poet really of your own. cool. That is true. But I feel like there's so much power in collaboration. And I think it's like, it's refreshing to hear you say that because like, I feel like a lot of us get really stuck trying to think like, can we even like take that step? But it's crazy. Like you, you care so much less in the beginning of the game. And then as things evolve, you're like, no, nah, but I got this, but I could do this, but I got my people. And it's like, no, we still need to reach out. We still need to connect. So I'm, I'm gonna work on that. Thank you for that point. <laughs> of course. When you hear someone's music right now, who would you say is really poetic when, we, when it comes to newer artists? Because you mentioned J. Cole, mm -hmm. Kendrick, no name is a huge inspiration. Who's someone as a recent that you've noticed that they're poetic with their music? Oh, I mean, so many. I would definitely plug Diana Lopez again. I feel like she's super slept on and she is a queen in her own right. Um, but also, there's a lot of Middle Eastern creatives who are like coming up on the scene in the West, like we were saying earlier. Zena, Zena's Montreal based. She's Lebanese and I think also Egyptian, um, based in Canada. She's a poet of her own right and a visionary, I would say. Dunya, who's lesser underground, less known, but we have a song together also love her and so much respect for her poetics and her her process in general uh abir is a moroccan artist who's based in la and she's also she's definitely tap, more tapped into the pop sound but hey there's poetry and pop like i'm now learning that as like yeah. an all hip-hop you know like such a different scene i always looked at pop and been like no 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 i don't want none of that and then i'm like maybe we can like pop maybe there is some you know some silver lining to pop music so respect yeah. <laughs> It's always interesting to see because hip hop, I believe, is the most diverse genre when you look at it and collaborate with rock, country. For sure. H have you thought about collaborating, collaborating with other artists from different genres? Definitely. I'm really trying to get into my dance hall era. Like, I'm excited okay. to, yeah, like tap, tap into Afro beats. I feel like there's a lot of similarity in just like the rhythm, the drums, the like patterns between Middle Eastern music and um, Afro beats. So I think getting more into that. Uh, I'm not gonna lie I do have some demos I'm excited to like start leaking on TikTok but yeah definitely trying to collaborate with more artists um in Africa PSA one of my favorite songs by you of course and listen to it push that shit away what were some of the things that you had to push away in Oof, 2022 all the, all the hate misunderstanding like people still putting women in a box and I feel like just artists you know this viral thing that's going on that's like i say that like i'm old i know i'm I'm in my 20s as well and like i saw the birth of this tiktok app and like how artists will now go viral and then their streams are out of you know they're going millions of streams on this new song that went viral on tiktok and doing all like just amassing so much viewership in such a short amount of time and it's kind of scary to me like i feel like I prefer to evolve naturally and organically and all my greats, all my icons have projects and projects out before they really like started getting the respect they deserve. And I'm so cool with that. I feel like I have to push away all the negativity of people being like, post more on TikTok, like labels, managers, everybody was on my ass, on everybody's too, being like, this is what you do. This is the formula. It's proven to work. You want to blow up, do that. And I'm like, what if I want to come into the scene like just rightfully like respectfully not not just blown up but like actually people have been like oh yeah i've heard some things it's crazy to see the evolution i've loved the discography like 
I feel like that's the path for me. And I feel like that's, that's what's happening. You know, I'm not going to say no to going viral, but I just feel like it's worth talking about because we glorify that so much. Exactly. It's not organic. And I, I was, I always have these conversations on my show. Cause when we look at it, when you had to see with what Jay-Z went through back in the day, he had to go print, put his own records, press his own records for these record stores. There's a lot right. of celebrities today that we call celebrities that only have social, they're social media famous. They're not the same Okay, I'll give you an example, and people may kill me mm-hmm. for it. Like this new comedian Drewski is going around on Instagram. Yeah, it's not the same level as a, as an Eddie Murphy. It just mm-hmm. isn't. When when you have someone like Eddie Murphy that made it and really went through it and didn't have social media, that's a real celebrity to me. Fact. But with someone on Instagram, an Instagram comedian, they're it's not the same tier to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the level that you're trying to go for is to make it without having to really rely on social media more as talent wise. Yes. I'm like, I feel like a beacon of light to me is Frank Ocean and his process. He's like, I don't know how he did it, but the fact that he can be in like Alaska, like just in a cabin, nobody's hearing from him, seeing from him, drops a project. We're in love. We're like, yo, this is amazing. And then goes off and hiding again. I'm like, that's, that's so cool. Like he does not have to like, you know, bend backwards for anybody on social media. (laughs) No. And he's been teasing us for this new album. That's going to be, I don't know when it's going to be coming out, but Mm -hmm. he dropped blonde back in 2017. And then we haven't heard from him since. (laughs) I know, but no, but feature feature has been fire. Like, come on, let's be real. I feel like when artists put out features as well, like that's them trying to be like, for whatever reason, I'm not putting out music, but here's my essence. Here's still some of that, like, you know, that juice, that substance from me. And so I love that. Princess Nokia, I have to mention this conversation because she was a huge icon for me um, when I started making music, even just growing up, mind you, in Egypt and like hearing a sound like hers, somebody literally on the mic being like, my little titties and my fat belly, like repeatedly. I just was like, damn, this is so cool. And got the chance to meet her a couple of times. She finally taps in and she really supports my work. And yeah, just so much love for Destiny. Yeah, I did hear that, that she was a major inspiration. I'm glad we were able to bring that up and shout out to her. And for supporting you, that's huge. When you really look at it and we we see it, what do you think has given you the the greatest confidence so far? Is is it someone like Princess Nokia or is it a performance where people are actually knowing your lyrics? What what is it? What's giving you the biggest boost of confidence? You know, it's it's all of those things that you mentioned. Like, my heart just kind of, like, melts a little. Every, like, with every little thing you said, like, a performance that people knew. I'm like, damn, yes, in Saudi, like, seeing Saudi Arabian women just really, like, recite the lyrics to Air or um, Stellini or anything. Cairo especially, of course, because that's my hometown. People really be going crazy, and I love to see it. But then also, like like we said earlier, like, tapping into the same wavelength of an artist that you really respect and admire, like, Diana, like, Princess Nokia, like, whoever um is also just really really incredible so blessed all around i would say my parents like when i see them and like when they pick me up in their car and i already see ask the birds playing in my dad's jeep and i'm like for real and i'll be getting mad too i'm like ask the birds in cairo is old and he's just like one of my favorites and i'm like that's still so cute that like they're playing my my music so family over everything i would have to say and i heard early on in your career as far as they didn't really they weren't really for you being a rapper but then you eventually they proved them wrong because they started to hear your songs on the radio yes yeah, so like my, my dad was super excited when his friends were texting and being like she's on like this you know nyla femme and cairo right now and he's like oh i see you know like that kind of moment like okay things are working out and mind you i feel like being the like arab woman rebel type that i am like when my parents were like i don't want you to do this like my dad literally told me he was like rap is for black men neither of which you are not black and you are not a man why are you rapping and i'm like (laughs) it's changed so much like (laughs) um 
anyways I was like but I'm gonna keep going because they told me not to cheers <laughs> and <laughs> you know it really just like fueled me and now I kind of see the same like from people that hate randomly on my work like just you know really backwards things like oh like women can't make music I just don't like to hear women's voices and rap like all of that which is like on no grounds acceptable that'll inspire me to keep going I'm like all right well you never heard this like let's let's go test the limits it's interesting because we're going through so much in society right now with the the racial tensions going on Roe v Wade being overturned there's so many Mm -hmm. things that women are going through in the industry right now as well how does this yeah. relate to being back home, especially in the music industry? Because I know you've you've said it before, you get tired of people asking you, oh, what are the, the struggles that women go through in the industry? We know they, mm-hmm. they women go through struggles. So how does it relate to being back home compared to here when it, we're talking musically? Mm-hmm. Even, I even mean, you touch about on the on the politics level as well. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it is a universal, women's issues is just a universal issue at this point. And I was really lucky to be attending and performing at the Equality Now, like, um, gala. It was, like, their anniversary gala, and they were fundraising for women in Iran and, like, the struggle um, that they're facing over there. And it was really inspiring to see so many people come together for women's women's rights and women's issues. I don't really see a huge, I mean, I do see a difference, at least in like levels of freedom of speech, what women are allowed to express and how they express it. You have women getting jailed for TikTok videos in the Middle East. You have, not to mention everything that's going on in Iran. So it really definitely is different, you know, um, magnitudes of that freedom, but we are still not free like globally. And I think it's just a mission that we all have to be tapped into and working towards every day. When you change some somebody's like perspective in a conversation between friends, that's revolution. When you are out on the streets protesting, that's revolution. When you make your music about really, you know, shifting the focus and trying to change people's minds, that's revolution. So it's all baby steps. And I believe you're going to be one of those game changing artists, just like you saw yes. with Pac and we see it already because it's on the on the global scale. And when when you go mm-hmm. back to these high schools, because I heard that you went back and spoke at your high school. What was the, the most important thing that you stressed to the, the peers there, the students? I really tried to it was it was a blessing, honestly, being asked to go back and perform at the same stage on the same stage where I like didn't even place at the talent show at my high school talent show. And I remember being so upset, but being like, something's not right. Like either the judges were off or like my art flew over their head because I'm going to keep trying to rock a stage until I'm back and playing the stage as alumni. So that was really cool. I made sure to highlight that like my just like the, you know, the the high schoolers, the middle schoolers, because it's a K through 12 school. You have like every age really in the audience. I was just telling them to really focus on what makes them happy and to really dive into that without looking back without looking around I feel like as a as a student as like a as a kid I was just overwhelmed with like everything everyone wanted me to be and I knew there was just this artsy weird e-girl type character inside of me who needed to breathe and I'm I'm grateful to have gotten the, the opportunity to see different contexts like going to college and going to college abroad as well opened my eyes so I encourage everybody who can travel to travel I think that's the greatest teacher, you know, is just experiencing travel in different countries. But yeah, I really told them to really tap into what they love to do and to do it fully. No, and, and you could definitely see that you're having an impact already. And shout out to you for going back and, and speaking at the place, because I did hear that you were bullied when you were younger. So the fact that mm-hmm. you were able to put that 
anger aside (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't even gonna touch on that but there was a whole like dilemma going on there was like this entire like 10th grade was ruined because there was this hard drive that was going around school that had um naked pictures of girls not just from our school but from neighboring schools and and also not just that but like regular photos of fully clothed women but like zoomed in inappropriately and pixelated and really just creepy things I was on the drive my friends were on the drive like it was chaos and there was so much shame around it and like it's our fault for even dressing like this to have photos that then be circulated in the school and just all the rhetoric I knew was just absolute bullshit so I think coming back, I definitely talked about that. I sang the song, which is The Rain, which is like not out anywhere except on SoundCloud. But in that song at the end, I call out the names of the guys who did have that USB and were sharing the photos. And some of their siblings were in the audience. So I'm very glad that came full circle. (laughs) And their names were spoken. Yes, it's not the end. (laughs) Revenge. Uh, Mm -hmm. No, but props to you in, you know, in relation to just not make you feel uncomfortable on the show with being bullied. I was bullied too. They couldn't pay me to give me a speech in my old high school. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) they couldn't even pay Mm -hmm. me enough. I wouldn't go back. You know what? Like, no, that's what I think. I feel like also Tyler faced a lot of like ostracization as a kid, as far as I know. And like some of the best artists and thinkers of our generation were really misunderstood as kids. So I'm here for them. I'm here for them for sure. Yeah, And the ones that bully don't make it. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, if you peak in high school, I feel so bad for you. That's the main takeaway. But but speaking of of labels, this label talk, have you had Mm -hmm. any conversations with major labels about some distribution opportunities? I think Empire would be a great opportunity. You've already mentioned the, the name of Empire before. Mm-hmm. Empire has been really helpful for sure and they've like been working um they've been able to connect me with some people at um Spotify some people at Apple Music as well which has been really helpful because like you know all an artist wants is to foster their own connections as well and I feel like not gatekeeping is really important in the industry so when you meet people who are like all right let me connect you with so-and-so be sure to send them your ideas send them your music whatever it is like that was really a big boost for me to believe in myself to like be able to like foster and like you know really care for these connections that are really human people like human beings at the end of the day um so that's been really great I love 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 the people at Def Jam out and we have you know had some conversations but this is me manifesting that in real time as well (laughs) okay yeah on the manifestation (laughs) level no we got to make that happen for sure and I I did Mm want to touch on this because as an artist that comes out of you know, Egypt and moves to New York City and you're already out there, you're, you're making a living for yourself as far as waiting tables, I heard tutoring and babysitting. So how do you balance yes. the, the enough to to make enough income for yourself mm-hmm. at the same time as put time into your artistry and making music? So I'm very lucky to be doing music full time now. I've been doing Congrats music full time for thank you. Yeah, for like over a little over a year now. But um, I'm I'm lucky because I basically, I just put all my eggs in this basket is what I really did. And I'm not going to say it's always easy because there are definitely like high points, low points, midpoints. It's all over. And a lot of freelance artists, people will really relate to that. So it's definitely not all glittery and gold, but I'm learning how to like really just navigate the ebb and flow. And um, yeah, I think, you know, just being hopeful for what's to come. (laughs) came a long way from purple philosophy so how has your philosophy changed since starting right at that point 
Damn, I feel like I still stand by everything that I did say in Battery Acid, the first project, everything in Purple Philosophy about, that was it. It's like this idea of a fusion, of cultural fusion between the Middle East and the West, between hip hop and every other genre, like you were saying. I love to like dip my toe into other waters and I haven't even started yet with like electronic music, which I love, um, rock for sure, want to tap into that. And that's what Purple Philosophy still is, is just like not putting a cap on on my multiplicity, my multidimensionality. It's forever, Purple Philosophy forever. Like nothing has changed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to touch on this because I feel as though that they don't give the, the female artists a, a place to speak on what's been going on to a lot of the hip hop artists in the industry. And we look at Takeoff, which recently happened, Chinks that happened a few years ago, Nipsey Hustle. You see all these art, Young Dolph. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you know you read off the names. Yes. What are your thoughts on how female artists are in the game, and just how, how come you don't see that they're affected as much when you see men, unfortunately, getting gunned down? Right. I mean, I don't even know that I can speak on this topic so much. I just. I feel like, you know, women, there's still so much violence against women that does not go reported and so much that we don't really hear about because it's not platformed. Not to say that, you know, women have it worse than men. I feel like it's rough all around, honestly, in the industry out here. But hey, I mean, we got to celebrate the little wins like Megan Thee Stallion and this Tory Lane situation. I feel like it was crazy to see some people still supporting him and platforming him. And we have that in the Middle East all the time as well. It's just a global issue. So I feel like just amplifying and focusing on women's voices is really important. No, absolutely. Dream 20, we had Dream 23 here. Is mm-hmm. this, you looking hey. in the future for 2023 at hey. all? Yes, of course. I mean, like that was, what I love to do is like play little games with the music, like Dream 23 now being applicable to the next year. That was the whole point. I was 22, so I was really manifesting my 23rd year. But now we can apply it to 2023. Like, it's just so many codes. And I love that. And, yeah, I'm excited to just really be, you know, happy to do what I do. I feel like being in love with your work is is so, so necessary. And people really resonate with, with an artist that really loves what they do. So I was one of my top stream artists on my Spotify rap, and there's no shame. <laughs> no shame out, out here. <laughs> Exactly. And neighborhood just speaks on, I think, just everywhere you've been and able to relate to mm-hmm. different ways of life at the same yes. time. Absolutely. I feel like neighborhood is a state of mind. Like it's yeah. just this, a home. You know, when I learned Warson Shire also is a poet I really love. And she was saying, um, you can't make homes out of human beings. And I remember reading that line when I was like 18, maybe 19, deep in the poetry Tumblr era. Right. And I'm like, you can't make homes out of human beings that's beautiful but maybe I can make homes out of feelings and maybe I can like harbor this really really lovely feeling that I get when I hear a crazy beat or when I write some something that I'm really proud of and that feels like home so the neighborhood in my mind is really wherever I feel at peace wherever I'm comfortable and that's Cairo and that's New York and that's hopefully so many other cities that I haven't been to yet what do you think is the next city for you to because you could you always say it before and you've heard it from other people that new york is where you get your start and then it's the next place you go to where things just yes. blow up and skyrocket so what do you think that next place is for you that's a good question i mean i know we've spoken a lot about the west coast but like beyond america even i feel like 
So Paris was one of my most successful shows that I played um, in the summer of 2022. I was, I, w- I still am shook at the way these people showed up and showed out and were screaming the lyrics, not just singing them back with a drink at the back of the room. They were fully up front, like memorized everything. People coming up to me after being like, my friend's shy, but she's dying to take like a picture with you. I'm like, why is she be shy? Like, let's go. It was really, really sweet. And just like, yeah, we, we sold that out in like a record timing. I had never been to Paris. So that was astonishing. I feel like Paris, London has tapped into like some like multicultural wave that I need to explore further. Definitely. And 2023 is right around the corner with the Love Serum out right now. Hey. What would you say is the deep meaning of this title for the people that haven't tuned into this project that you're trying to convey to the audience? Oh, all in one, I would just say the love serum is an effort to inject compassion and love back into hip hop, back into soul, and to remind us all to like come back to that roots of empathy and feeling for each other. Because the, the album is supposed to be a soundtrack to this imaginary trip of somebody dropping this imaginary love serum. And every song should inspire a little bit of, you know, feeling for somebody that's going through something or your your neighborhood, your people, your mom, my mom's in the intro, like it's just glittered with a lot of, you know, sentimental things to me, which I hope everybody can relate to as to dive into your emotions and to give love. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on going on a tour here? Couldn't- Oh, you know yeah. I am. We we in the works with that coming in with the important questions to be announced. Yes, yes. <laughs> to be announced. Not not a press run though. I know you're not big on press runs. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Faluka, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know, your fans know that we didn't cover here tonight? Uh, I mean, like, these questions were great. Honestly, really took me back to like some of the earlier material, which was very like foundational for this evolution. Um, if there's anything I want people to know is continue to shamelessly give love to people that you really care about. And I feel like if there's anything COVID post COVID has taught us is like, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we need to be living for love. We need to be doing what makes us happy and making each other happy because yeah, time is a construct, but it's also finite and will end soon. I usually don't like because we're approaching the new year. I, I used to be big on it. What's the new, the new year's resolution here? But mm. what's something that you're manifesting for the first quarter of 2023 for yourself? Because I feel so when you you look at one thing mm-hmm. to try to achieve for the full year, I feel so you're wasting the whole year on that one thing. So let's achieve it quicker, sure. manifest it so we can get to the next thing in 2023. Yes. So what's the, the main thing you want to achieve by the first quarter in 2023? First quarter, I really want to tap back into, and I started this in Cairo a little bit, but aerial yoga, aerial sports. Uh, I love as an air sign just being in the air suspended. So I'm trying to incorporate that a lot more in my videos and get into my my flying bag. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Well, yeah. I'm sure we'll see it, one of the visuals in, on the love serum. Yes, yes. That's definitely what I'm trying to hint at for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You already know. And they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter at Faluka. Yes, that is correct. You already know. Faluka, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I had a great conversation here with you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for all that you're doing, not just for out there in New York and for your own career, but taking things back to Cairo because it's all about bringing the resource back to where you're from. Absolutely, fam. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great conversation. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime, you're always welcome on the show. Anytime that you want to come back on and talk about it. That's love, yo. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. And and enjoy the new year. 
Happy New Year yes, and all that. You too. And I yep. also want to say, like, I agree with you, like dividing the year up into the quarters for your resolutions is fire. Also, your new year could be whatever you want. You can wake up and be like, my year starts today. So yeah. let's tap into that. <laughs> exactly. You're right. Mm-hmm. Luca, enjoy the rest of your night and take care. Stay safe take out care. there. You too. Stay yep. warm. Stay warm. Bye. Peace out. Bye.